0: Hello, everyone. I'm Howard Holton, and I'm here with Paul Lewis. Hey there. And this is The Sweet Spot. And this week, we thought we'd have some fun and introduce you to the Marketing Magic Decoder Ring. (laughs) Paul, what is the Marketing Magic Decoder Ring?
1: So, uh, we've had lots of interesting conversations about creativity over the last several months. you know we're both involved in creating marketing content and sales content and our own content and sometimes we fall under the trap of what we refer to as marketing speak or just a simple set of platitudes uh, and i think it would be wise to double click on some of those terms and talk about what we really mean like when we use the word digital transformation what do we really mean when we say it agility what do we really mean when we say efficiency? What do we really mean when we say cost savings what like, these are the words that are used in almost every advertisement in almost every brochure in almost every product introduction. Uh, but I'm not sure the words really tell the complete story. And we've had, you know, storytelling pods before, and we talked about how important it is to sort of go through the story and you know, what's the origin and what do we mean? And what do we think the future outlook might look like? And I think there's value in having that conversation, um, especially when um, we're at a point in time where you have to potentially change the way you buy, right? I've got to procure differently. I might have a different set of partners. I might need to buy more and tech, more different technology over time because of what I have to sort of speed up in my IT. Uh, so, now we thought it would be a good time to do that. you have any like off the top of your head thoughts on that topic? I, mean, I think it's great. I'm a big fan of,
0: of a lexicon, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the challenges I always had as a customer was, okay, you said this thing, but you've never defined this thing. So, what does this thing mean to you? Right. right? I, I even had an argument with a vendor one time because they kept using digital transformation. Um, and I really felt like it, like the Princess Bride. I don't think that means what you think that means
1: <laughs> right
0: and and i had just gone to a microsoft um conference and i took a picture of microsoft's definition of digital transformation as it relates to the topic of the conference right it was a more of an end user rather than a, than a development conference or more of a you know IT rather than development conference right and i said this is how microsoft defines it can you give me like a similarly length definition, two sentences. This is what digital transformation means.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the head of marketing said, I can absolutely do that. I said, great, do that. And he said, oh, you mean right now? Yeah, yes, I, I, I absolutely mean right now. <laughs> like if you can do it, you should know it. You're using the language. This is like, you should be able to tell me what it means to you. I don't, I don't need it to mean to you what it means to me. But I do need to understand every time you say a term, what does that mean to you? Right.
1: So the most obvious one that we hear all the time, I would say is the three, right? It is reduce costs, increase revenue, and reduce risk. Like we hear those three constantly. It's literally in every piece of technology, whether it's a piece of storage or analytics software, right? It's the gamut. So maybe we should break down what each one of those three mean. I think that's a good idea. So let's start with reduce risk. What does reduce risk mean when in that context? What, what are your thoughts?
0: Um, I don't think it's used the same way that I use it. So like I'm a bad example, right? Um, I spent too many years <laughs> in legal services. Reduce, ri- reduce risk is, is similar to, um, you know, to mitigate liability, right? My goal is to reduce the chance that we're gonna get sued. That's the risk reduction. But within the context of IT, reduced risk can mean a whole, a whole wide gamut of things, but generally comes down to the risk of an outage. And ideally, when I look to a vendor, if they say reduce risk, it, it really should be reduced risk of, and then follow it along. Like, we're gonna reduce risk of an outage. We're gonna reduce risk of you unknowingly running out of space. We're gonna reduce risk of bad rights. We're gonna re- reduce risk of you know, analytic errors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there's a, I mean, I, I, you know, you might have a totally different opinion on this, but I don't think there's like a one size fits all definition of reduced risk. I think it's really what follows the reduced risk that's the important part.
1: You're hundred percent. The noun is missing, right? The, 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 right? the risk of what, right? The risk of technology change, the risk of technology introduction, the risk of skill sets, the risk of the reputational risk of the company. Uh, The risk of losing or making more money than you can handle. These are a whole bunch of risks. So essentially, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? So whoever's reading this risk statement is going to determine what risk actually means to them. And some of it might actually mean risk of losing my job, right? Or risk of impacting my job by making this decision, which is interesting. I wonder if the the other two statements make a difference to how we uh, determine what risk is. So if we look at um, um, uh, reduce costs, is that an IT-related reduction of costs, uh, and is that actually a goal in the organization? Right? Is does reduce costs mean I currently have a budget of a hundred and I have a desire to have a budget of ninety, um, and therefore I need to buy infrastructure software to make that happen? Probably not. Right, that's probably not my actual requirement, right? I would like to spend less on this particular capability so I could create money for the purpose of creating new capability. That makes a lot of sense to me. What doesn't make a lot of sense is savings for just ultimately the point of savings, unless I've been mandated to do so. Right? You, no, but please. even then,
0: right, it's, if, if it's
1: reduced cost. So, so for, those, for those who play
0: buzzword bingo, I would say your reduce risk square needs to have a reduce needs to actually say reduce risk. No, noun. if reduce risk is used with no, noun, you get the, you get the bingo square. So right. when we, right. when we look at, 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 cost reduction, it's kind of the same thing, right? Cost mm-hmm. reduction without a purpose doesn't really say anything like Moore's law tells us that over time, these things that have become, are going to become cheaper. Therefore I'm going to buy a gigabyte, for less this year than I would have last year or the year before or the year before that. And next year, it'll be even cheaper. So mm. isn't reducing cost kind of a side effect of just the fact that this stuff becomes cheaper over time? In which case, does a vendor really have the right to say, reduce cost in that context? Like, okay, we charge you three cents a, a gigabyte last year, now we're gonna charge you two cents a gigabyte. Okay, but I kind of expected you to do that because everybody does that because it's the nature of the beast. Right. So instead, and I don't really care, right? Like all that does is say for my $2 million spend, I'm gonna get 20% more than I did last year and 20% more the year before that, and I'll get 20% more next year. Right. What I really wanna do is reduce cost as it relates to the complexity of the totality, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's, I wanna reduce the cost of the transaction by, by maybe buying a different way, right? Switching to a, a service-based model or a consumption-based model Yep. My goal isn't really to reduce how much I've spent, but really, rather the cost it takes me to acquire over time, or I want to reduce the management cost, in which case I'm reducing the amount of hours per month consumed by my team to manage that device, thus freeing them up to improve their capabilities in another fashion, right? Like like those are the costs I'm infinitely more interested in reducing rather than just what does it cost to put that thing on the floor in in hard dollars? like that's not, it's not complete, it's not total, and really it gives me a, an overall bad picture of what's going on, and I'm not really interested in doing it to begin with, because I have a budget. Next year my budget's going to be different, but I will already have purchased this thing, therefore I already have a budget.
1: You're right, I, I think it differs from reduced risk, because it's a reduced risk of what? I'm just missing the noun in many ways, right? But that noun could be anywhere, but uh, reduce costs um, isn't the noun that I'm worried about, it's what I do with that extra money. That's more important, right? right. Sure, reduce my existing costs, so I can do A, B, C, D, or E, right? It's, it's the so I can do, that's way more important. In fact, you probably want to know what that A, B, and C might be, because that will redirect on why, how important I think that money is. Right?
0: Plus, if I, if I have to switch vendors to get my iterative costs down, it's going to drive costs up in other ways. Sure. And, and if you don't have a clear picture of what those things are, somebody's going to be in a poor position. The vendor who doesn't take it into consideration because they don't know to ask the questions, isn't going to make the sale to the customer and will have wasted their time. But a customer that doesn't take those things into consideration will have actually made a purchase that increased their costs. Right. And increasing your costs in the short term for long-term strategic wins is almost always the best choice.
1: Right. Right. So if we were to take the statement as true, that whatever this thing is can reduce costs, and let's say we're, we're in the domain of IT at the moment, is it good enough that it reduces FTE costs or just licensing costs or just uh, data center costs? Is there is there costs that are higher ranking than other costs? Or do we expect multiple types of costs to be reduced? Is that... Is that a consideration when we look at cost? I would hope so,
0: right? Yeah. I, w- I would hope it's a complex mathematical decision. If, if we're making decisions that literally fill a single bucket, we're probably wasting our time on those decisions because at the C-level, at the executive level, we don't have one bucket. Right. Right? At the VP level, you don't have one bucket. At the, at the senior director level, you don't have one bucket. You have 70 buckets. Right. So I really kind of wanted to fill, and even if we just reduce it down to like four or five buckets, right? The 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 cost to procure, the cost to maintain, the cost to house, the cost to acquire, right? The the cost of the product, and right. and the the human cost, right? Those kind of five things, uh, or the you know whatever whatever you want to call it, right? Those those kind of five things, um, I, I really want it to fit into at least three buckets before I call it an actual cost reduction, especially because mm-hmm. I know. Driving costs down in one of those areas is probably going to have a a cost increase in another one. It's a right. push pull, not just a not a net, not just a pure gain. And it's why the math really comes down to: is the net gain worth it? Is the long term strategic gain worth it? Right? If it's if it's cheaper to purchase and it's a new vendor, well, I'm going to drive my my training costs up. My people costs are going to go up for a year. Mm-hmm. Right? If I've reduced the space in my data center. So my flooring costs are, are less expensive. How do I get that back? Like, how do I turn that into a net win? Or have I just created an opportunity for something else to fill that slot? Right. And therefore, okay. I need to look yeah. at it kind of a little more long term, I think, than just the straight cost.
1: And how I spend money makes a huge difference, uh, especially if there's a, because there's a distinct difference between cost reduction and cost avoidance. Right. If I've already spent five million dollars on this infrastructure and you come to me and say, you know what, this new acquisition changes that operating uh, budget down for you. I'm going to say, but I've already invested five million dollars. Right. I've already it's already depreciating or amortizing depending on my process. uh, So I'm not sure it's actually positively affecting me by dropping another five million dollars. Right. You've got to look at that total math, just simple savings and people might actually not act, affect me in any way, and if we're talking about just avoiding money, that's the most difficult argument to have with the CFO, right? If you want to spend ten million dollars and you're going to say, uh, if I spend ten million now, I'll avoid spending fifteen million over the next five years, you know, he'll immediately say, uh, well, I wasn't going to give you permission to spend that fifteen million dollars. So you're you're avoiding nothing, right? Right, right. You're, and you're just and, spending ten million dollars now. Right, right. So, <laughs> if I spend
0: ten million now. I don't have to spend fifteen in the future. Well, I wasn't going to give you that anyways, and you didn't have right. to spend.
1: So, <laughs> what are you talking to me about? That's right. So okay. I don't hear savings at all. I hear spend. Right, spend, spend. Right. So, like, that's a pretty distinct difference. So, okay, so risk was missing the noun, um, spend. Uh, reducing costs is both a spending issue in terms of buckets and what I plan on using that new money found money for. How about the most positive side of both of those, which was the the growth statement, earn more money or grow your business. Is that, is that relatable or relative in any way? I mean, no, it doesn't. I don't think I've ever actually seen
0: that work to, to be honest. Um, because I think it's a, like, it, I think there's a big difference between kind of that blanket statement. That we, this, this technology will enable you to grow your business. I mean, doesn't all of it really? <laughs> like if it, if it costs me, if, if, if I can reduce my per customer down to a data set size, and I say for every customer I need half a gig of storage, then adding storage technically in a, it enables me to earn more money. And I find that as true a statement as the kind of general, but if on the other hand, somebody comes to me and says, hey, um, we listened to your shareholder meeting, and in your shareholder meeting, you said you're expanding into these three markets in these four ways with these three new products, and that you plan on opening two, two new data centers. And so we're going to come to you with with something that adds a layer of efficiency, a layer of cost savings, and enables you to on-ramp all of those new customers that you plan on doing in a faster, more efficient, more effective way, based on what we know about you, based on our history together, based on your shareholder meeting. Like it's specific and targeted to you, and we can show you the dollars that were saved by a similar customer in a similar way doing a similar thing. I might be able to give you some credence for that but just the statement enabling you to make more money, I've never found that to be an actual truism.
1: Yeah, it, it's a pretty long tail from whatever this purchase is to actually earning or growing the business. And sometimes it's just because it's an ingredient. It's an ingredient of the, in this big, you know, bread or pie or cake, right? It requires one, it's one of many things that are required to make this thing true. One of many teams, one of much time. And I think time is the interesting factor there. Sometimes when we say grow the business, uh, that statement really just means we've given you more time to do it. Right? Uh, We've taken some time away because now you have to concentrate less on this other stuff. And now you have extra time. Now this extra hour, you can think about finding another customer segment, creating another product, delivering another service. Oh, okay. But time doesn't directly relate to growth time is just a, is an opportunity, right? It gives me the opportunity to potentially use it for value or I could potentially use it to watch more Netflix. Right. So sure. there's, a whole, there's a whole bunch of, you know, pluses or minus there, but it's, it's reality is it's just an ingredient to many things. So it's, it's, it's the most strange statement to use because there's no obvious one-to-one, no obvious path to growth just by acquiring this, you know, good or service
0: and i'm much more interested in um, this thing will give you time and then tell me what i can use that time for time to add capabilities time to develop your team time to you know change operating models time to uh engage new customers time to whatever whatever that time can be used for entice me with what i can use that time for i'm going to be infinitely more receptive rather than making a statement that I'm initially immediately going to not trust. Yeah.
1: Which suggests that when we reduce the, when we reduce what we mean to platitude, you know, two, three words, we lose the entire context of the value. In fact, I'd rather read a paragraph that says uh, when you acquire this thing, you will get more time to dedicate it to find more customers and uh, you'll be able to reduce your costs for the purpose of uh, uh, spending more time in data insights. And uh, finally, you'll be able to uh, reduce your reputational risk and being down. Awesome. Use all of those words because all of those words actually make it much more specific to the value of this particular product or service.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yep. Right? Um, and, and I think it's okay to lead with a, with a short headline, right? Um, See how our new thing gives you time. See how our new thing reduces, reduces risk. See how our new thing does, you know, reduces cost. But then, then you better be willing to spend the time to really to kind of get into that level of detail. What do you mean by this? Why does it do that? What is your, what is your thought process around it? Um, Especially because then you prep, you prepare me for the conversation that your sales team is going to have when, when I actually reach out or, or when they reach out, right? Oh, you've said it can reduce, reduce the time it takes me to do this thing, freeing me up to do these things. Now we actually have two conversations. Let's talk about how it does that. And then once I'm sure it does that, let's talk about the other things you can sell me to help with that other, all that free time I now have.
1: Right. Okay. Let's talk about a few others. Um, here's the next one. Uh, win, win, win. Your initial thoughts on that one.
0: Um, why am I playing a game with three parties? Right. A, a win-win is both sides win something. Right. So what is a win-win-win and why did we need to develop a new term when the old term seemed perfect?
1: <laughs> it's the equivalent of saying one plus one equals three, right? Uh, but, arguably, it's the same term. They're just used interchangeably.
0: But, it, but it's, it's not
1: because there's still not three parties.
0: <laughs> right. right, and so win 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 so it wins the business
1: wins the vendor wins is that the win 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 i don't everybody wins that's right everybody in the equation wins i guess those are the three parties in the business yep the business the it and the vendor the provider but
0: but anything i'm buying then should be a win-win right. and i don't really care if it's a win-win-win then do i because do i really care if the vendor wins i'm
1: assuming you're here because you're winning right
0: like i, I don't know i don't
1: I've never I guess I would, I would ask the statement. easy question. Is there ever a time when the provider does not win,
0: right?
1: <laughs> it's either win, win or win lose, right. but it's always win in the provider. Right. Correct right. me if I'm wrong. I highly doubt. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, free offerings just because they think there's value to the world that they should provide this offer.
0: Right. We're, yeah. we're funded by a trust fund and we've just decided to be magnanimous. <laughs> I, I've never heard that sales pitch before. And I'm not sure that I would trust that sales pitch even if I did hear it. Right.
1: I guess one could argue open source falls in that category. But, mm. but, but even then,
0: I'm not sure that it's, a, it's not necessarily a win-win-win or a win-win just because it's open source, right? Like, like I, 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 I just, I don't know. I struggle with win-win-win conceptually. Like, if, if it means 1 plus 1 equals 3, then say 1 plus 1 equals 3. I don't know that we need a new term.
1: <laughs> and open source, while valuable, and used throughout the world, in large enterprises down to small, uh, just because it's free doesn't mean it's without cost. Correct. The, the cost, of course, will come when you try to change it, or when you try to support it, or when it's down at 3 a.m. and you're trying to fix it. These are, <laughs> this is where the cost comes into play. Um, And then of course you need a whole bunch of people who understand it and appreciate it and can use it and can modify it and can support it. That might take more effort than you imagine. Well,
0: and and it's risk, right? Like you're, you're changing dollars in one bucket for added risk in another. I don't pay money because I'm convinced windows is better than Linux. I pay money because when windows breaks, I can call Microsoft. When active directory breaks, I can call Microsoft. Like, there's a whole ecosystem of support behind this thing. That's part of the acquisition cost. I mean, the reality is uh, You can roll your own almost anything At the enterprise level nowadays you hmm. really truly can and so we're not like you, there's gonna still gonna be some cost Right, you can have cost of hardware, right? I need I need uh, I have cost of spindles I have cost of SSDs I have right. cost of processors the costs of those things and that's not gonna change. But the reality of the situation is, if I then roll my own software stack on top of it, will it work? Absolutely. Does it have the capabilities? Absolutely. Does it have the performance? Absolutely. Does it have the security? Absolutely. It's gonna take some work to, to make that happen. And, and there may be layers, but you can absolutely do all of that. Right. But when it breaks, who do you call? Right. And, and fundamentally, that's the challenge that I've kind of always had with, with the open source discussion is, does it work in certain things? Absolutely. However, the lower the risk of the thing failing, the higher the value of open source becomes. Mm. The higher the risk of the thing failing, the cost of the thing failing, were that to happen is that risk, the lower the value I see in open source. At 3 a.m., I don't want to have to try to call in 12 developers to work on a thing. I I want to call an 800 number that dispatches a human.
1: Right, absolutely. Or have that human already in my staff and have them have to walk through. Whatever it happens to be, right? Thousands <laughs> yeah. of pages of, of technical information and
0: right. teams of people working on the problem, all that is part of my annual maintenance cost. And right. you can in fact do that with some things that are open source. It's another, you know you can buy support on a lot of those things, but a lot of them you cannot. And that's a tremendous challenge all in all.
1: I found it to be part and parcel of the level of importance bubble, right? So if you take all your applications and the size of the bubble determines the level of importance to the organization, the bigger the bubble, the least likely I would actually choose open source, right? The more likely I'd buy a commercial product from a very big vendor, knowing that um, if this was down, my business was down. If this was down, my customers were down. If this was down, a marketplace was down. Well, that's an issue versus a utility where, it's probably asynchronous anyway, and at some point it'll come back up, it'll process those yeah. transactions, fine. Delay is fine. Being down for the industry, not fine.
0: Well, it's, <laughs> not and, fine. and it's, the, it's the kind of the, the unknown and infinite pressure. How right. long is it going to be down? We don't know. What's the pressure? It's infinite. Right. You have one customer, yourself, and you have all of the pressure that one customer can apply immediately, and there's right. really nothing you can do. But if I turn to a team that has a thousand developers on that product and they discover a bug, and, and a bug is probably more likely than an actual outage. Right. Right? How long is it going to take to fix the bug that failed to compute sales tax correctly over the last six months and we didn't notice it until the accountant picked up on the error? Hmm. Right? Or the bug that replaces all white space with zeros, or the bug that that didn't properly interpret commas or any other number of things that are relatively common bugs um, that you find in software, right? And if it's something that, that just runs the fundamental component of your business, like, I don't know, if you're a car dealer and you decide to roll your own dealer management system, which has happened, right? What is the cost to the business while you work out the, the kinks right. from really difficult to or really kind of business stopping to business impacting kinks, right? What is, the, what is the cost of that? And there's nobody you can call. You can't pick up the phone and call Microsoft. You can't pick up the phone and call you know, any, any, any other company and go, hey, this thing you didn't build stopped working. Can you help me fix it?
1: So, so that was a good side conversation on Open Source. <laughs> uh, let, let's, tackle, let's tackle this one. Um, business agility and IT agility what do we really mean when we see those words?
0: Uh, I don't think that's an easy, an, 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 an easy answer um, mm-hmm. because I don't think we actually, I don't think we mean agility in the way I'd like it if we meant agility.
1: <laughs> Start with that one then. So how uh, would you I,
0: like it to be meant? I'd like agility to, to mean the ability to turn ideas into action Mm-hmm. And, the, uh, and the speed at which you can take corrective action when those ideas are not, I don't know, perfect, maybe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, we saw it in COVID, right? Companies that had a, an agility inside the business and IT are the ones that are the most successful, right. right? Companies that are able to look to the market on a, you know, look at the Wall Street Journal on Monday and by Friday have reacted to the market change. Those are agile companies. Those that can do it by Tuesday, are exceptional companies and that's really what we should mean when we talk about agility we often don't though we often just mean speed and speed mm-hmm. isn't really agility they're not the same thing
1: yeah I-, I agree it's both sides of that equation i i think it's both increasing the speed of a but also reducing the constraints or re- limiting the constraints or impediments of to get you there so business agility reducing the constraints of the business in order to earn money faster. IT agility is removing the constraints of delivering projects to deliver IT projects faster. Uh, data agility, reducing the constraints of finding where all the data is and orchestrating it to creating insights faster. But it's both sides of that equation. It can't be one or the other. That's, that's kind of how I always thought that's what we meant when we said that. But-
0: you have to have faster for agility, no doubt. Yeah. Right. But the reality is, it's not just faster because mm. it's also the ability to see when the destination changed and mm. adjust. If it's just getting to the destination faster, that's just increasing your speed to delivery. Right. But what do you do when, you know, the the invariable hockey puck has moved, right? Yeah. Or you know it's going to move, right? If if all you've done is strap JDO rockets. To a ship, uh, and your calculations are off, it's still going to miss the moon. You're just going to get there faster than you would have without the JATO rockets, right? Or whatever you want to use the rockets for. Um, so, what you really need to be able to do is have, ha- kind of, have the two pieces. It's, it's really why um, I think at agile as a process beats waterfall every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's only because it's, it's, it's really focused around the continual improvement component. Right? It's focused on the um, you know, get a product out as quickly as possible in an MVP, then use feedback to really adjust what the next version will be. So you better hit the target.
1: And so I, and let me add a third, let me add a third part of the agility statement Then it will be uh, reducing or eliminating impediments and constraints. Yep. Speed to the uh, next point. Yes. And, and an ability to pivot to a different destination. Correct. So it's all three. It's all three of those things. Mm, interesting. And, th- and that applies to business, IT, and data. I mean, it, it applies to business, it applies to IT, it applies to data, it
0: applies to hobbies you do at home, it applies to how you communicate. Like, I, I think, so, so it occurred to me decades ago that relativity was the most important concept a human being could learn. Right. And that and that relativity defined perspectives. Relative, I mean, outside of just science, right? Relativity played so, such a big part. When you're mm-hmm. 12 years old and your dad says you have to wait till Christmas to get a thing, and you're like, "But it's June! Christmas is forever away!" Right? <laughs> That's effectively what? What is that? Five uh, percent of your life, or or some crazy thing, right? right? Six months in 12 years is 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 a lot of your life. But to your dad, who's 40. Six months is is a lot less, right? It's one fourth as long as it is for you. So for him, he just shrugs and goes, "I don't understand the, I don't understand the problem." Well, relativity is at play there, right? (laughs) Right. Um, I need to get fifty dollars to complete this next thing to complete my objective. Well, fifty dollars means a lot less to someone who lives in a, you know, on a three hundred thousand dollar a year income versus someone who lives on a. $15,000 $15,000 a year income, right? All of those things. And I would say that agile has kind of supplanted relativity as the concept worth learning and the concept really worth understanding. Your ability to be agile, and, and it doesn't matter what, what, what your is in this case, your ability to be agile should really be a top focus. Right? How do we be agile in our procurement to make sure that we're spending the right money at the right time in the right place and... When we find out we're not, we can adjust, hmm. right? We're only capturing 80% right. We just need to turn a little bit this way to be a hundred, but if it takes us a year and a half to do it, we're, we're never, it's never gonna happen.
1: So, so constraints, uh, velocity and pivoting, that's good. Does agility equal flexibility or are they different?
0: Uh, well, I don't think they equal. But I don't yeah. think you can be agile if you're inflexible.
1: Mm, fair enough.
0: Right. I have a bad back. It's hard for me to dodge somebody who's throwing a punch at me because I'm not flexible.
1: Does flexibility mean choice? So, when we see flexibility in content, do you think that ultimately means choice? Flexibility means you have the flexibility to choose one of many things, one of different directions, one of a spectrum of capability. I mean maybe maybe not right yeah. um you can be flexible
0: and not have choice right right your flexibility doesn't define the choices the market gives to you but what it does mean is if i'm flexible and another choice does appear i have the ability to review that option that choice and determine is it better than the one i'm on right it's not it doesn't agility doesn't mean you go where the wind blows
1: <laughs> right. It means and I think you there's can a lot. change if you have to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. It means with proper research, with proper strategy, with po- with proper introspection, with proper data, with proper science, I can right. make the decision that's right for my business and change as my business needs to change, not at the rate that I've arbitrarily decide my business will change. Mm. And that's the, the big difference. It does not mean, hey, we're making cars. And then tomorrow, hey, we're making tires. And then the day after that, we're making airplanes. right? It it just means we've got the the agility to recognize that the decision I made yesterday may not be the right decision today, and I'm willing to make the right decision today. And I've designed all of my process, all of my people, to pivot as needed, so that we're always making the right decision. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it's the right err decision.
1: I'm glad you answered that way because my last term. was in fact decision making. So the verb of decision making. It could be faster decision making, more insightful decision making, uh, less prohibitive decision making, uh, decision making that generates more revenue, um, um, improved or more accurate or more timely. It's always something decision making. But can what you buy affect decision making in any way? Is there any dimension of what you can buy that positively or changes decision-making in any sense?
0: Well, I think that's two different questions, right? The first one is, um, does anything that you buy affect the decisions that you make? And I would say yes, always, Mm. right? Um, Because it, it, it does, every single product that I buy creates an opportunity. And that's an opportunity to expand on the relationship that I created in the initial purchase for an additional purchase. So that's probably gonna, you know, when I buy shirts, if I find a shirt that's comfortable and I go looking for another shirt, I'm more likely to look at a vendor I bought a shirt from before and say, hey, I need a shirt that's, that's, that does this thing. Maybe it's this color or this style that's as comfortable as the one you made before. Do you have that, mm-hmm. right? Like, so that, absolute, that initial purchase absolutely affected my decision-making in the future, um, but ultimately, it's not going to change how I make decisions, right? No product can do that. It might inform a decision, mm-hmm. and I would say every product informs the decisions that comes after it. That come after it. A bad experience is, does it in the same way, right? As a good experience, um, it just pushes me the opposite direction that that the person selling me the thing would desire. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't change how I make decisions. How I make decisions is is not product based. It's people based, hundred mm-hmm. percent people based. And so the the question then becomes: Am I buying products that really complement the way I'd ideally like to make decisions right, right? And, and if I'm a company that that you know um, I always use the, the sailing ship kind of analogy right when you're when you're sailing to a new country right yeah. back when 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 this continent was found right we launched ships from Europe and sent them this direction and we right. could argue about whether they were the first ships it doesn't matter we still launched ships from Europe. So Europeans could discover this continent. Right. Um, you didn't have the ability to be agile in your thinking. Not, not long-term, because it took months to get information back and forth. Mm-hmm. Right? So it also wouldn't really have made sense to send a bunch of tiny ships that were agile and could move on a whim. <laughs> right. Right? No, you sent big, huge, lumbering ships that had the best chance to survive, that had the best opportunity to carry the large things that you knew you would probably need when you're, when you're creating a new city, a new civilization, a new village, a new settlement. Right. And in the same way, if your company is one where you don't have the ability to make decisions in small iterative ways, and you have no interest in changing, you probably also don't need software and tools that enable you to make small iterative changes, you probably need large vision tools that allow you to set a five-year strategy, not a five-day strategy.
1: Great. Yep, I agree. Uh, I do think that one can buy things to make, uh, to provide input to a decision. Maybe it's easier to gather data, or technologies to allow you to make uh, quicker analytical parts of that decision-making process, that it requires a level of science to sort of appreciate all that information and correlate and causate altogether in order to make a better decision. And you can even buy technologies that actually predictively or prescriptively do it on your behalf, sure. But I don't necessarily you can define a better decision because of it, unless you're doing like, you know, champion-challenger analysis, or you're saying, over time, I have now proven that it is in fact a better decision. But the best tools in the world, are just going to inform your process.
0: Right, right. So, so uh, to use your example, right, if I buy the best analytic tools in the world that help really speed up my reporting and I know for a fact where my next customer buying segment is going to be in the next quarter, right. and the next quarter is two weeks away, and I get that information nine months faster than I would have otherwise. I'm no longer analyzing it behind the fact and it's 100% accurate. And yet my business does not, my sales team is not informed by data. I have wasted the money on that purchase. Because no matter how good it is, if your process doesn't allow you to be informed by the tool, then the tool is a waste of money. Right,
1: (laughs) that's right. Right?
0: If everything to you looks like a, if you're a hammer and everything looks like a nail, don't go buying screwdrivers.
1: Right. Right. And there's Fixed been a lot of process. wonderful insights produced that have never been actioned. Yep. Yep. So that was my list, Mr. Holton.
0: I think that's great. I think that that was about 40 minutes of, of, uh, of hopefully interesting conversation. It was interesting. It's always, it's always hard, right? Like, yeah, you and I are super interested. We're super engaged. And I always wonder if as an, if as an audience, people are like, Oh, well that was, Okay. <laughs> well, so feel free note, to comment. Yeah, I really hope that you find what we talk about interesting, and if there's a topic that you that you'd like to hear, we're happy to take suggestions from the audience. Um, we do take your feedback seriously, so if you've got feedback, please, please send it to us. Comment, um, and and as always, you know, we hope that you'll join us next week, and uh, and if you feel like it, please subscribe.